I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. Broadcasting from America's finest digital studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today the guys will suck off Manny Machado, they'll talk about their boy Francisco Mejia, and they will have a Padres Twitter segment. Here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric LeBou. And welcome back everybody to the 5.5 Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside with Undefeated adult league manager Eric Labou. Welcome back, Eric. You know, man, I'm trying to work my way up to the big leagues. Yeah, I want to know as the uh, San Diego Marlins interim manager. Yeah, so how did it feel? I'm feeling Just, on top of the world. Yeah, man. A quick Sunday league talk. You know, it's been a couple of years since you managed. You have a pretty, uh, pretty, you know, decent record. Couple championships, some really bad losing years. You're like uh, <laughs> Joe Madden almost. You yeah, know, you basically. A couple bright spots with a lot of mediocrity to start off so yeah i was telling our manager or i was telling the people on the team that uh, our current manager chris is andy green and i'm rod barajas <laughs> i'm waiting in the wings just waiting to take over so, yes sir which so, i have no no interest in doing whatsoever <laughs> congratulations nonetheless eric yes. on your interim stint going undefeated i wasn't expecting you to start with that but i appreciate it thank yeah, you yeah of course absolutely i do it for all the guys on sundays and especially hj preller yeah uh now back to padre land <laughs> yeah um the Padres shit the bed over the weekend against the lowly Pirates, but nonetheless, our boy, our guy, Mr. Fuck You Palais, Manny Machado, yeah. is on fire. Big time, dude. Big on time. On fire. Let's just run through his numbers here. So for June, going into his uh, hopefully triumphant return to Baltimore tomorrow, Manny is hitting 325 with a 378 on base. He is slugging 663, 68% better than a league average hitter. As we are halfway through June, he did not have a bad May, but boy, is he cleaning up. Big time, dude. It's been so much fun to watch, and it's just, it feels validating because it's the whole time, like, Davey Leland was losing his shit. And, and <laughs> Where's Davey Leland? Well, he has nothing to bitch about anymore, <laughs> but it's like, you know, Davey's kind of losing his shit, and you see other people, they're like, yeah, I mean, he's he's not Manny, like, what's going on? And now he's the, Manny. The San Diego curse. Yeah. The like, San Diego curse. It's like Coors Field brought this guy to life. Oh, you yeah. You know what I mean? I love it. I, I'm here for every single minute of it. Did he hit in Coors Field? I felt like it was the the once they came back home, he just started going off. I'm I'm not gonna look it up, but I'm very confident that he hit in Coors. I think he hit well, but then I feel like uh, I feel like once they came back from Coors Field after those epic wins, yeah, he just started going off. Also, shout out to at uh, Kelly A. Wallace because the minute she started tweeting her love for Manny and let everybody know she was coming. For whatever reason, he turned it the fuck on, and he has been carrying this team. Yeah, um, he hit a home run in uh, I think it was it was Pittsburgh. It was the first home run he hit uh, the first game of the series. Of Archer, yes, and Jesse Agler, who's calling a hell of a game, by the way. Yeah, I love Jesse Agler. Um, sits there and goes, "Oh, you know, this is what we expected from Manny. You know, he can, you know, he can carry a team." And as soon as he says that, Manny hits one out to left center field, <laughs> like right on cue. Yeah. So it has been uh, it has been fun to watch. He is uh, 
He's an absolute star, Eric. We have a superstar on our hands. Yeah, dude. And Next to our other superstar. Yeah, and you know, if if, uh, if you would watch the games, you know, here and there, then you would I notice, do watch the games here and there. You would know that Manny hit three bombs in Colorado. Good God. Yeah, you know, you're right. He did hit a couple of right fields. Here's how his game yeah. logs went, uh, starting from the beginning of the series. Three for five, four for seven, two for three, and one for four. Cheese and rice. Yes. He, he turned it on right then He did, he then did and hit there. a couple bombs the other way. You're right. Now, yeah. now I'm starting to remember. Yeah. Right then and there. Yeah. So Absolutely crushed. Well, at least we know we can visit there when he's slumping and then just get him in there. He'll <laughs> go. That's the other thing, too. He's not hitting. I think he pulled one home run in Pittsburgh or maybe a couple. But he hit the batter's eye the first home run he hit out there. Like He's yeah. he's starting to go gap to gap. He is. And he that's is. that's what he was when he came up in Baltimore. I said, like, yeah, he's long, he's lanky, like he's got a lot of doubles power. But these balls in the gap will turn into home runs. And that's really what he's made his money on now is, like, he can turn on a pitch, but when he's going the other way and thinking up the middle, that's when he's getting hot. Dude, his bat-to-ball skills, it's just it's insane. Like, there's times where there will be two outs, or there will be two strikes on him. And they have him. They have the shift on, yeah. and the second baseman isn't in position, and he just fights it off into yeah. right field. You know, just oops. Hey, I'll take the single if you're gonna give it to me. And yeah. it's just, I love seeing that. Obviously, I would prefer to see him drive the shit out of the ball, which is what he's been doing. But if during his bad times and during his slumps, he's fighting a few off and getting those base knocks, I'll take that, dude. Any day of the week, any day of the week. And it was just like all the people that were just losing their shit, like, oh my god, this isn't him. I'm like, dude. This isn't us getting Matt Kemp saying, "Oh God, let's cross our fingers and hope he can have a shell, be a shell of what he used to be." Like, yeah. this is a star. This is 26. a star. Six. He's barely in his prime. Exactly. He's about to hit the best three to five year run of his life. Yeah. This is a star on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Like, let's chill. You know what I mean? And it's, it's God, dude. It's been so much fun to watch him. Um, he was what this last week. Um, what was it? Since I sent you that fucking screenshot. From oh, I have it. Here. MLB Let me pull it up. since uh, June twelfth. Yeah. Six homers, ten extra base hits, four sixty five average, a five hundred on base. <laughs> OPS one point four seven seven. Jesus, dude! Good like, lord, that's unreal. That's literally that's Sunday league stats. Yeah, that's really good Sunday league stats. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing Sunday League stats. Yeah. Too. And he you mentioned like him fighting off pitches. I, he goes the other way with authority so easy. Like he hit, I think I can't remember where it was at, but he I think it was in Colorado, but he hit home run like, oh, that's a fly ball. Yeah. But then he tattoos it and they're like, oh, that was ninety eight or hundred and two off the bat. I'm like, how? Yeah. How? He looked like he just, you know, put his foot down and then okay, I gotta make contact on this ball. Like you see when Reyes swings and he hits one the other way, like you know, Fred oh, yeah. Mill took a hack. Yeah. But Manny's just like, it's like he's swinging underwater. Everything's just so smooth and effortless. Yeah. And it looks so like, it's almost like sing-song. It's like, you know, nice and easy. And then the ball just goes 420 feet up the middle. Yeah, man. That's just, that's talent, dude. That's literally, that's God-given talent. It is. You know I mean, it's God-given bat speed. God, it's so fun to watch, dude. I love Manny Machado. Now, who doesn't love Manny Machado is the <laughs> Major League Baseball uh, Umpires Your boy, Bill Welke. My boy. Yeah. My boy. I don't have any umpires. As, uh, you heard me uh, les- yesterday chirping. Yeah. <laughs> umpires are not my friends. Yeah. Maybe the umpire not. thought I was Manny Machado. There's uh, some brown guys. But uh, Manny, Manny got, uh, well, he, he's been fined. I'm pretty sure he's had to pay that. But uh, Undisclosed amount. Undisclosed amount. But for whatever reason, despite worse blow-ups at umpires recently oh, absolutely. Uh, by less tan players, um, <laughs> Manny was given a one-game suspension for workplace violence. <laughs> All capital. <laughs> All capital. I can't even say with a straight face. Yeah. Workplace violence, throwing a bat, getting in the umpire's face. 
supposedly like bumping him or shoving it or making contact, although I have not seen any video evidence of such, and those who have reviewed it extensively state no contact made. Um, but well, and being singled out on Twitter, what are your thoughts on this, Eric? Well, obviously it's bullshit, but yes, like clearly. the. the contact that he makes with Welky. Welky's kind of turning and his arm brushes him and immediately Welky points down at his, at his arm. Look. Oh, they do it all the time. Yeah. God, it's like dude. when uh, Brett Lawry threw the helmet, he slammed the helmet down yeah. and it bounced and it hit the umpire yeah. and the umpire basically, I thought I was watching FIFA for a second. The umpire <laughs> jumped back like he got, you know, drop yeah, kicked. It's absurd. It's dude. a joke. Like, what it is. you know, it just looked like your run-of-the-mill ejection. I mean, after, shit call. after you get over the fact that, yeah, it was a shit call, and people have pointed out, oh, he was chirping the whole at-bat. So what, dude? Like, players chirp during at-bats all the time. And then Manny turns around after the strike-three call, which was bad. It was a bad call. It was off the plate. Like, there's no doubt about that. And he sits there. He turns around. He says two to three words, immediately tossed. And not animated words either, right? Like Immediately it's not like, tossed. It's not like he turned around and looked animated. He just turned around. And just looked like he said something, and out, heave ho. Yeah. Nolan Arenado in the same game was much more animated. And that was even before. Yeah. I want to say that was even before. And it's just like, I don't, dude, he is, <laughs> it's just so funny seeing how he's targeted. You know what I mean? Whether it be by umpires, whether it be by fan bases, uh, fan bases you know, people on Twitter. It's just like, I, I knew Brewers how it fan was. calling out Manny Machado is hilariously hypocritical. Oh, big time. Big time. <laughs> Like, I, I knew it was going to be, like, you know, bad towards him, but I had no idea it would be this bad. Yeah. And unwarranted. Like, completely unwarranted. So yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. And the worst part is, and many, like, I mean, you look at, like, this got national attention. Yeah. You know, people were like, this is not, like, MLB needs to step in big time. Whoever yeah. tweeted that needs to be shit-canned immediately. Welkin needs to be held responsible. And it's... It's bad because how can you expect Manny Machado to get any fair treatment going forward? He basically has to has to take the approach that if I argue, I'm gonna get tossed because now they're targeting me. Yeah. Number one, number two. I don't know what idiot decided to like release that tweet because you just won his his uh, his case for him. Yeah, big time. Because now he's like, see, like they they're targeting me. Hashtag they make, repeat offender. Yeah, repeat offender. Make an example of. Yeah. Hashtag I'm. Hashtag going. Hashtag to dinner. <laughs> you know yeah. they. I mean, but I mean, you know, when he when he looks to argue that case, all the MLB player rep uh, union rep has to do is say, look, they tar they're targeting him. Yeah. They are clearly targeting him. This was you know they had video of Arenado that same day. Bryce Harper, I think I think it was later that night that Bryce Harper got tossed. Uh, Gabe Kapler got has gotten really <laughs> he got real fucking animated. Oh yeah, I mean dropping bombs. Yeah, uh, and and there's been other instances of it since then where people, thank God for Padres Twitter, have just kept putting out videos of these guys just blowing up an umpires, throwing equipment, throwing temper tantrums, which is fine. They are horse shit, and Manny Machado's the only one that gets singled out. Yeah, he's the only one that gets to tweet on him. He's the one that the fan base goes, "See, he's a shit stain. He's a bad guy." Yeah, and it's like, dude, they're all they're all competitive. It's a competitive thing. You get pissed off when you feel like the bat's being taken out of your hands. Well, yeah, it's dude, it's it's the reputation that yes. that comes with him. And you know what? I, I want to say something here, and I want you to give me give me the floor for just a minute. Yes, here. bear you with me. Machado has this reputation of being this this dirty player and like this jackass and this. My favorite one, this thug. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's it's kind of like I, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about the off season and leading up to it. And I can say this with, and I I feel dumb saying it, but 
that was me. Like, that's how I viewed him. I'm like, oh, man, like, when it was the whole, like, oh, hey, Harper versus Machado, it's like, ah, you know, I think, I'm not sure about, like, man, he's talented, no doubt. Like, no doubt he's a better player between the two, but just looking at him, like, do we want this guy in the in the clubhouse? Because Bryce hits bombs, too, but Bryce doesn't come with all this shit. And you look at it, and the way that Manny is painted by, like, media and, like, national media, it's it's unfair, like, he gets the bad stuff. He gets the bad raps because that gets clicks on their site. And that generates interest. And that's the sexy headlines. They don't say shit about unnamed Padres executive um, who, you know, is in the front office who said straight to me, Manny has been awesome. Dude, he's been awesome. He signs literally everything. He makes it a point to go out of his way multiple times to make a special uh, experience for a kid. You know what I mean? Like he has been even better than we ever could have imagined. Like they don't they don't do that because that doesn't get them clicks. That doesn't get interest. That doesn't get likes, retweets on Twitter. That's shit to them. They don't care. They care about hey Manny Machado got in a fight with uh, Josh Donaldson. Manny Machado uh, cleated uh, Aguilar in the playoffs. That's the shit that gets attention. So it's just like if you have unless you have Manny on your team and no one that listens to our podcast is like not a Padre fan. Yeah. As far as we know, there may be some Dodger fans, but the Dodger fans even know because he played for them I, I, uh, I, always, I don't know if they know I mean I always want to tell people I always want to tell people on Twitter like if Manny hasn't played for you if you haven't got to experience him on your team day in and day out shut the fuck up you know what I mean your your opinion couldn't be further from invalid like it's like it's terrible shut the fuck up but I it's not worth my time to sit there and go after every single person you know what I mean everyone's like oh man he's a thug man he's this man he's that I'll pick and choose like if guys oh, yeah. are like really outlined I'm like hey guy like fuck you you know what I mean like I'm coming after him but dude all the shit that I see and it's not even me you know what I mean like he's he's sitting there and he scrolls Twitter he said that on uh, the podcast with CC Sabathia with R2C2 he, he's like yeah I scroll Twitter everyone does and it's like he sees this shit you know yeah. what I mean and I can only imagine what he is thinking about about it and for him to be able to go out every day and like play and and know that this microscope is on him unfairly like I give props to that dude man I give props to him. I don't know how he does it because that shit would drive me nuts imagine trying not to be the villain they want to make you out to be yeah like imagine not just saying you know what you want me to be a villain you want me to be the bad guy fine I will be the bad guy I will be what you want me to be yeah imagine finding that and you're right because See, I don't blame you for thinking that. I don't. I don't think that ever crossed my mind because well, all I've had access to is the was, narrative. Yeah, is the narrative. That's exactly. all you've had. Now we think about it differently. I just looked at production and thought, well, you know, I like I like both of them. Right. Harper obviously is the bigger star from a standpoint of you know he's Bryce Harper. Right? He's yeah. a prodigy. Um, Machado, objectively speaking, has higher upside because he brings more to the table, and Harper's strictly bad. But you're right from the standpoint of like which one is the less media circus. I mean, they're both a media circus for but, different reasons. Yeah, right. for different reasons. But Harper doesn't have the same negativity towards him, right? Like the last time I remember, I mean, I know Manny. And really, he should. He should. Yeah, absolutely, he should because he's gotten into fights with teammates. He's been benched multiple times for lack of hustle. Right. He's injury prone. Um, he throws. I mean, I don't recall Manny. Being in too many like umpire scuffles as far as like arguing balls and strikes, Harper. I feel like it's once a week. Yeah. This guy must pay a fucking wazoo in a, in, in ejection uh, fines. Whereas Manny, I think the only issues I remember him is when they threw at his knees, which he shouldn't have thrown the bat or hit Derek Norris on the he bat. He has some bad looks. He does. He has some bad looks. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, that were it's also like, years ago. Yeah, but at the same time, you know. Except for the playoffs. Yeah, you're, yeah, that's a bad look. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, your Donovan Ventura threw a ninety-eight mile an hour heater behind his head, like. 
that's Bush League. Yeah. But, you know, man, he's looked at as a thug. The whole Josh Donaldson thing, you know, I understand all that. And he has had some bad looks. But you're right. All we have to go is on the narrative. No teammate has anything poorly to say. And that's, I think, kind of when I realized, like, you know, man, he's probably not that bad. Like, he, you know, everybody has a bad day. Like, we were lucky that we got Tony Gwynn, who is just an absolute saint and everybody loved. But, like, not everybody's Tony Gwynn. Like, everybody will snap at some point. And when you're Manny Machado and you're already labeled a thug, it's almost like a boiling point. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, Big I think time. that's what the Bill Welke thing was. It's like, because he, he got pissed. I mean, he was waving his he was waving his elbow guard at him in a way where you could Photoshop a chancla into it. <laughs> yeah, which and people was glorious. Did. And people did, and glorious that was great. Photoshop. And see, that's why I love guys who have the platform. Like you see the Dennis the you know Dennis Lynn articles in the Athletic, and yeah. you know people that are able to be around him every day and kind of try to change that narrative because ever since he's been here, dude, it's been incredible. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like. Did anyone really think he was going to come in? If you thought that, great. I personally didn't. But did anyone think he was going to come in and like actively take over leadership role without being asked? Like, I get getting that kind of money is like it's kind of implied. Like, hey, yeah, like this you you got other obligations that yeah. come with this money. Like, there's string there's strings attached to this money. But like, I. I had hoped that he was going to come in and take over this role, but even like what I had hoped, like the ceiling of my hopes for him as, you know, uh, character wise and in the clubhouse and uh, leadership, he's exceeded it like already. Yeah, like, he's who, crashed who would have thought he would have came in and, and he makes it a point to uh, team dinners, uh, bonding with, with teammates and that he's making it a point to do that, to mentor Tatis. Like he said multiple times that he wants to be the guy for Tatis that JJ Hardy was for him. Yeah. Like he has a lot of people say, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't hustle. Oh, he doesn't just, who gives he doesn't, a shit? He doesn't respect the game. And, and I'm like, he actually really respects the game, dude. He respects the games. He respects the players that came before him. And he respects what um, his job is to pass on to the players that are coming up. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I never could have imagined this because of the thug mentality that, that he was painted with. You know, he's painted with that brush his whole career. And, you know, it's it's been a very nice surprise for me. Like, I've, I've been very happy about it. So, Absolutely. I mean, it's it's just been, it's been great. I, I couldn't ask for anything more. He has been, you mentioned like, you know, you, you expect like a certain little level of leadership and like taking the initiative. He has been everything I think they wanted Will Myers to be when they yeah. handed Myers a contract. But I think it's just a personality where Manny has a chip on his shoulder, but he wants to be that. And I think it's also that he wants to kind of prove the narrative wrong. Because, he, he, like I said, he scrolls Twitter. He knows oh, yeah. what, what picture he's painting. And he said it before. He's like, you know, if they want me to be the villain, that's what they want. I just got to do what I got to do. I don't think – I think part of it is like, hey, you know, I know what I have to do. But I also just think it's him. Because he had no reason to do that in Baltimore. And Adam Jones has spoke highly of him since day one. He's like, you know, you can judge Manny, but, like, you don't really know Manny until you've actually played with him. Yeah. He had a teammate cry when he was traded. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, that's all all you need. I don't need, I don't know what else you you want from this guy, but. It's just, dude, yeah, it's it's just funny. It's sad because he's a legitimately good guy. Like, he comes off as a legitimately good guy. This whole, he doesn't hustle BS. You are not that good defensively if you do not hustle. Yeah, that's you true. Know, running up the line on a routine ground ball that's 98% of the time and out, I could care less if you're going to blow out on that. Yep. Right? So, for me, it's like he's excellent defensively. He's excellent offensively. He's been everything we've wanted him more. We, you had a nice interaction with him at spring training. Like, he's yeah. not a dick. Yeah. Like, he's a, he's a legitimately nice guy who I think... And I've said this, like, I think he's misunderstood. Yeah. And now we really know for sure, like, he's completely misunderstood. Absolutely. If they marketed him as a star, I love the gif they made where he's smiling at the camera and he, and he winks. winks yeah. It's like, 
This guy is a fucking superstar. He's charismatic. He's fun. He's smiley. He's incredible defensive. Like, he's a highlight reel. Yeah. But Major League Baseball, to their detriment, does not push him as that superstar. Well, they don't push anyone. And well, that, I mean, that's a whole other conversation Why is he in the Let the Kids Play commercial? Like, name a player other than Mike Trout. Other than, I mean, and you have Stanton and everything. But, like, is there any player really there that's, like, year to year that's, you know, more of a superstar than Manny Machado? He should be up there. Yeah. I like, mean, you would hope. They should. Major League Baseball, they will push guys. But they don't push Machado. Because, well, now he's in San Diego, so they're never going to push. But nonetheless, ever. it's like you know, it, it, there's. I think Major League Baseball is part of the blame because they have an opportunity to kind of present guys in a way they want them to be presented to draw eyes to the player and to the product and to promote the players. But they don't. Manny has all these terrible things written about him, but you don't ever see anything to counteract that. Yeah, like you see, like well, that's Bryce, why we have Dennis Lynn. He's the hero thank, we all deserve. Thank God. <laughs> but like even with Bryce Harper, right? Like he gets negative attention, right? Like he's not hitting. He's not hustling. He's a flop. He's this. He's a hothead. Yada yada. But then you get all like these hype videos. He's on MLB The Show's cover. Mm-hmm. You know, it's where's Bryce gonna go? And it's Bryce Watch and yada yada. But like Manny, yeah. he, he, I don't even think he gets the same love on MLB Network. No, he like, really. It's a flagship show. It's just so funny. Or remember, channel, I remember say. in the off season there was whispers like, oh hey, like Padres are talking about Machado, but there's a few people in that clubhouse that wouldn't be happy to have him in it. And it's like, who are they? Did they release well, them? Well, everyone just assumed that it would be Kinsler. Remember, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, of course it's Kinsler. And fuck Kinsler. But then you look at it and like they're pals, dude. Like him and Kinsler get along great. <laughs> and like part of me, I was like, is it? Is it Hosmer? Because I know him and Ventura were real tight. So maybe there's a little bit of spillover from that. But no, like, they're boys. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're buddies. I I think players, too, if you're not playing... This is the other thing, too. It's like, it's not the player's job to know the other 25 guys on the other 30 teams. Right. Right. It's only their job to know the 25 or 40 guys that they're they're going to to war with every night on the field. Uh So, I can't wait to see what what you're going to show me here later. Um, But... I think there's also that the players do fall for the narrative as well because they only see bits and pieces and they're going to see the bad part. They're not going to see Manning signing autographs for kids in, you know, Baltimore till, you know, right up till game time where he's got to take BP in the, you know, in the in the basement cages or whatnot, you know, yeah. in the underground tunnels. So, I do think that players might fall into the like, oh, I don't know if I'd really want him here, the reputation. And then you get to know the guy, and you realize, man, he's nothing like what I thought he would be. Yeah. Well, like, you don't get that good defensively without putting in reps. No. Period. Not at all. You know, period. Not at all. Ken Rosenthal made a point one time when they moved Manny, when they said, like, hey, we already have J.J. Hardy. We're going to move him off short yeah. and put him at third. A couple years after that, they're like, yeah, we all thought, like, Manny Machado can be a really great shortstop, or he could be the best defensive third baseman of all time. Yeah. Like, Hmm. Yeah, it's just and you fun. don't get good by yeah. not hustling Dude, it's at just, that position. It's great. Like, you, like you see him in the on the off days. Like, there's a winery trip with him and yeah. and Hosmer and you know a few other guys um, that were there. Uh, Renfro and you know you see you see him like uh, he reposted on Instagram. Hunter Renfro's wife was like, yeah. "Hey, get you someone that that cares about your teammates or something like that." And, and it's it was a stupid wagon, but he yeah. got him a camo like a camo wagon. <laughs> and you know that Hunter Renfro's all about that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like that's the type of guy he is. He's that's got a fucking handshake for everybody. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you they got that. They got the dressing up, you know, dressing up on the off days yeah. and getaways. Like, I that's love Manny. That. I love who, that stuff. Who else would that be? That's it wasn't Manny. Hosmer. No. It's 100% that's I love Manny. Because that you know he wants to show off. He I wants love to the, show out. He does. I love the dancing with Fran Mill. I love the fucking winks. Yeah. I love the handshakes for everybody. Like, I love all of it. I love yeah. everything he brings to this team. Because I think it elevates everybody else's energy. Yeah, it's been fantastic. It has been absolutely fantastic. Now, what so, kind of return... 
Real quick to, to finish up on Manny here. We'll tie it on a high note. Yeah. Spent a lot of time in Baltimore. He's probably the best player they've ever developed since Cal Ripken. Yeah. What kind of what kind of ovation do you think he's gonna get? If any. Because I'm always iffy on sometimes when players return because I feel like we hold it against Adrian Gonzalez that he got traded because <laughs> we didn't want to give him money. Yeah. And Manny was very public in saying like the front the Baltimore, the front office did not make me feel wanted because they never approached me about it. I never wanted to leave, but they never approached me about an extension going into my last year at all. And they made me feel like, well, they don't want me here, so they're just going to trade me. Yeah. What kind of do you think the fans are going to pull the old like casual Padre fan thing where they hate him, like they hated Adrian Gonzalez here, or do you think he gets like the the ovation he deserves? You know, the homecoming of probably their best prospect ever since Cal. I think they're going to slobber all over him even more than we just did for the last 20 minutes. I hope so. <laughs> he needs it. I, I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a great ovation for him, Hopefully. a great response for him because he he said in there's that story in the Athletic, uh, I it escapes me who wrote it, but um he said like, "Hey, we approached uh, Baltimore because and I said hey we love it here my family lives here we want to stay like and they wanted to talk extension and he was told yeah hey we'll talk in the offseason and the <laughs> phone call never came you know what I mean it's just like uh, you, you can't and this is not just like Baltimore but this is like everyone in general like it's a business at the end yeah. of the day and you can't sit there and shit on people that leave just because they got more money elsewhere especially if they were traded by that team yeah. before and they cashed in on prospects like Baltimore did for, for Machado so it's just like I use that term lightly. Well, yeah, but I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking today because I was thinking about the the series tomorrow and and Baltimore and what it's going to be like. And I was like, man, like I don't. I mean, not to you know talk shit to Baltimore fans, Andy Keats, but <laughs> like seeing the situation, like it's kind of nice to be on this side of it, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of nice to where it's like we have our guy going back home. You know what I mean? Because it's never that way for us. We always have Adrian coming back in a Dodger uniform or, you know, all this shit. It's like when Piazza went to uh, New York, right? Like, you got the nice ovations. Yeah. Like, hey, he's on our team and you guys are That's the last time we had anyone that was worth a shit. You know what I mean? Like, we may go to... David Eckstein when we went to St. Louis. I was going to say, someone <laughs> may go back to St. Louis and get a, get a bullshit standing O like Eckstein. But, like, this is the first time in a long time where we've had a player that it actually hurt the team to lose and now yeah. he's now he's our guy. So. Yeah, I, but I think him, be interesting. Him being a, comp- like... Completely different division, completely different league. Like I, they're going to show him a lot of love. I think I so. would be shocked if they. Yeah, didn't. it's not like he went and put on pinstripes, right? Like yeah. he didn't go to the Yankees, which I legitimately thought. I love Yankee fans saying they wouldn't take Manny Machado. You yeah. lying shit sacks. Yeah, fuck um, no. I, I think I think he'll get a nice ovation. It, I hope he goes off, dude. Oh, I do too. I hope. I, he goes I mean, they off. have the pitch. It's a two game series. I hope Andrew Kashner is pitching. I'm going to check the matchup. No, he's not. Damn it. Yeah, we're going to damn it. <laughs> Yeah. Damn it! We're gonna miss Big Lots Paddock. <laughs> Big, wish that Chris Paddock. Yeah, wish we're gonna Chris miss Paddock. him. Get it right. Damn it! I was hoping. I was hoping Cashner was pitching, but um, uh, no. I, I hope he gets. I, it's not gonna rival because there's not gonna be forty eight thousand people there tomorrow. But I do hope it rivals the ovation he got from like an enthusiasm standpoint that he got in his first at bat with San Diego. Oh, I would love because that. that was a it was a man. I mean, he was getting a Manny chant before he even came up to a bat. You yeah. know, in the roll call, but. Um, I, I do hope he gets that that level of that level of love and enthusiasm because he deserves it. He gets booed Absolutely. everywhere he fucking goes. Yeah, I, so, I, I think he's gonna get a lot. So of hopefully love. he gets a lot because of love they have nothing, dude. No, they don't. Baltimore has nothing. So no, all they have now is the past, yeah. and he is the past, and he's the best part of their past. They have crushed Davis, Eric. That yeah. was, did, can you imagine being being Baltimore uh, being Orioles fan Andy Keats and knowing that your owner probably <laughs> didn't sign Manny Machado because they handed a hundred million plus. To crush to Davis. Yeah, tough scene. Like, they didn't keep Adam Jones, who's been pretty solid. And they didn't keep 
the best prospect they've developed since Cal Ripken Jr., Andy Keats, because they signed Chris Davis. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough scene. Tough scene. Duped scene. <laughs> yeah, that's that one's that's pretty bad for sure. <laughs> Empty so, wallet scene. Yeah, so I, I have a question tomorrow. Yes, so the series starts against Baltimore. It's a two-game series, and then they're coming home. So behind the plate, who's starting tomorrow? It's got to be Mejia, right? Well, that's what I would think too. He got the four straight starts, which I love. Five out. Of, he's played five games since he came Fantastic back. Fantastic lineups by the ball by the skipper Andy Green. Fantastic. Two thumbs up. But after that, because they want to give Hedges a rest, says was a it reset. Kevin, was it Kevin Acey? Yeah, they want a reset. I yeah. believe was the so word. So they want to reset Austin Hedges. And what happens? Everyone knows, like clockwork, every time Mejia comes up or the first time he's traded into the Padres and Hedges' job is on the line, <laughs> what happens? He fucking hits. You're so right because he had two really good months left. Absolutely. Had, he had one good month, a decent month, and a fucking on fire month. And I think they all came from June on. June, July, and August is when he had his three best months. And that's what we got fucking Mejia in July. Exactly. Exactly. So his job's on the line. What's he going to do? Austin Hedges is going to hit, of course. So he comes back and he gets his first start on Sunday, which you and I had our game, so we didn't we didn't yeah. get to watch yesterday. Watch a little bit Which, of by it. the way, yeah. it sounds like we missed a great, great fucking game. Yeah. Wanking motion. Yeah. But it's like, he goes yesterday, he got two doubles. And I only know this because my mentions were a cesspool yesterday. <laughs> and I was like, Rest in peace. I was like, good lord, man. So I was sitting there and I'm looking through the box and I'm like, Fuck, man. I'm like, of course. He even struck out, and he got on on a strikeout, oh on a God. drop strike three. So I'm just sitting there. I'm like, man, like, AC made it a point uh, to put in a quote. I think it was a quote from Green who said, like, hey, yeah, we're going to let uh, we're gonna let Hedgie get his little reset, and then after that, we're going to go off of a performance standpoint. Like, whoever's playing the best, that's who's going to play. So I see Hedgie get his reset, and I see him have a great game coming back, and I'm thinking to myself, God, Mejia's never going to see the field again. So I'm really interested to see who's going to start tomorrow. He struck out twice yesterday, by the way. Yeah. So he's still lost in hedges. Of course he's still hedges. But, like, who's going to start tomorrow? Is it going to be Mejia or is it going to be hedges? I'm I'm very intrigued. It's probably going to be hedges. I mean, if if, my brain says hedges, my heart says Mejia. Here's the thing. It's like, we know what hedges has, right? And, And I'm of the firm belief. I don't buy into the whole... Oh, we need this like catcher to lead this young staff. It's like this young staff was pitching to catchers who never led staffs before in the minors. And at the end of the day, we know what we have in Hedges already. He's had over 1,100 plate appearances. We know what we have. We have a light bat who struggles against mediocre pitching, who is dead red pull power, and that's it. No plate discipline, no plate approach, just pop when he runs into one, who is excellent defensively, but uh, is uh, going to redefine the Mendoza line if he keeps getting... <laughs> Regular at bats. Yeah, Mario Mendoza. He's sitting there like, man, I'm almost off the hook. Yeah, muy bien, muy bien, vamos, vamos, hedges. <laughs> but um, and 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 that's fine. However, we don't know what we have in Mejia, and I think my biggest thing is that like you can't complain in one breath that Urias is not is you know not starting, and why are we playing Urias you know in Triple A? Why aren't why is Kinsler and Garcia and France and, you know name infielder here getting all this time over Urias? And then say, well, you know, I, you know, I, I don't think they should play Mejia. It's like you have to figure out what you got. And I'm, I'm the type of guy where it's like, this year's been fun, but they're a 500 team. Like they right. don't have the pitching to be more than a 500 team right now. And I'm okay with that because they're still fun and exciting to watch. Yeah. But it's still a year where you need to find out what you have. They've given Quantrill a handful of starts and they're like, you know what? 
Let's see how he does out of the bullpen. He's got good velo. He's got a good secondary pitch. One. One good secondary. Let's see what he does out of the bullpen, right? This is a year to figure it out and experiment and do things that you have the luxury that you won't have the luxury of doing next year when you're supposed to be in that window. When Gore's gonna be up, when Patino's probably coming up, and Morahone and Baez. And you know, you have these other guys, right? So this is the year to experiment. This is the year to figure out. Give Mejia three or four hundred plate appearances throughout the end of the year, if you can, you can get him to that many, and figure out, can he take a step forward defensively? And more importantly, can he hit enough to where, even though you're taking a big step back, his defense is okay enough to where the bat can play and offset whatever shortcomings there are defensively? This is the time. The next three and a half months is the time to figure that out. So you need to play him. We know what we have in Hedges. We already know. He is what he is. Let's find out what Mejia has. Yeah, that's what I want to see. I've never like I've never wanted anything else other than that. So it's just like it that's perfectly sums it up, but I'm just I'm just sitting here and I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll play Twitter Scout. I see Mejia and I'm like, I could it's noticeable, like the difference in him defensively. Oh yeah, compared to Hedges, absolutely. No, no, no. I'm talking about like oh, his- before Mejia and now Mejia. I feel like he's put in work defensively. Like you can see he's not stabbing at the ball as much. Yes. Like when he's when he's receiving. He still gets a little fooled, I think, on breaking balls sometimes, but yeah. I don't know if that's because he hasn't been up here in like when he get hurt May, I think he got hurt, right? Yeah. Some May, early June. We'll so, call it May. Yeah, sure. And and the pitching staff doesn't look exactly the same as it That's looked true. when he left either. So and he wasn't catching a lot as is. So I can see him getting fooled on some breaking balls. But you're right. He does look a little bit more sure-handed. And he's been getting some frame calls. Yeah. He's been getting some calls, which are still bullshit. Okay, I will say, even though it helps my narrative <laughs> and, and he is framing the ball, I will still say that's a shitty fucking umpire, okay? Like, great, great job framing it, but that's a shitty umpire. Anyways, I'm looking at him. I'm like, man, like, he's made improvements. And if I can see it, my shitty, yeah. you know, Twitter scout eyes can see it. Like, it has to be noticeable and it has to be a great sign for the front office and for the coaching staff when they see that. So that that part of me makes or that part makes me think that he's going to get the start tomorrow and he's going to start to see more time. I think I wouldn't be surprised if we see 60-40 Mejia. Like, I would be really happy about that. Now, one thing, like, the pass balls, that that is still an issue. Like, yeah, he's, absolutely. He's my guy. He's my guy 100%. But when you, like, you can't have a breaking ball low and away that you stab at. You know what I mean? Like, you got to get down and you got to block that shit. Agreed. And, and I'm hoping that'll come. And it's since he's not doing it right now, like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, God, this guy sucks. Get Hedges back in there. Like, no, no. Have this shit happen. It's good that it's happening. It's good that it's happening now because he knows what he needs to work on and he knows what improvements he needs to make to keep playing if he wants to keep playing. And this is the year to do it. This, this is, the, is year the year to, do to it. let him go out there and catch X amount of innings. I will, um, yeah, I will say, dude, because I've, I've been the biggest Mejia stand out there. It's frustrating to me when I see balls get by him like that. Of course, I'm not going to let anyone know it on Twitter. Of course, I'm going to come out and be like, oh, whatever, dude. Yeah, he's just a rookie. Because he is. He's a rookie. Yeah. But, yeah, it, that, that's that's one thing. If I had to give a critique on Mejia, blocking. Blocking in, in the sense of if you have a breaking ball, if it starts low, it's going to end low. You know what I mean? You can't stab. Yeah. You can't. You can't reach for it as a catcher. You got to keep it in front. Yeah, you got to move your body. You got to sacrifice your body and keep it in front. But and, and from a from a framing standpoint, a receiving standpoint, that that wrist has gotten a lot stiffer, and you can tell because he's not stabbing at it anymore. He's not like the glove isn't moving as much as it used to, and that's very promising for he's me. He's not trying to go get the ball. He's not trying to get the ball. He's just letting. He's receiving the pitch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I mean, according to he's only caught five hundred and twenty six innings. According to Statcasts, uh, let's see here. Runs extra extra strike runs basically framing runs he's zero he's even 
and I, and again, I think that framing is a skill. I don't think it's a t- I don't think it's a a, a, a gift. Like JT Rumuto got better as time goes on. I think more teams than Pete than Hedges stands want to admit do not care about catcher's defense. Like imagine telling Stephen Woods, hey. You got to get Gary Sanchez out from behind the plate, man. He can't frame or catch worth a shit. Imagine telling a Yankee fan, man, go tell the Yankees that. They're like basically the Dodgers of the AL. They are so well-ran. And they do not give a fuck that Gary Sanchez is probably at best mediocre defensively. Well, they also have strong pieces surrounding him. They do, but the idea is that, hey. It's kind of apples and oranges. To a point, but the idea is he's high upside offensively. So regardless of his defense, we're going to let him figure it out. And we like the bat. I feel like... I mean, he deserves that shot. Absolutely. And you're right. He's got to. He's got to get you know working with the pass balls and, and go you know working on stuff like that. People but, forget he's a rookie. Yeah. Like I, I feel like guys. Don't, no, Eric. Like, he hasn't. He's had a hundred career at bats. He's not taking the bulls by the horn in thirty days worth of at bats, Eric. Like you have to factor that in, man. You absolutely have to factor that. In. If me as a hedges hater can <laughs> say like, hey, this guy is like legitimately great defensively. Like if I can, if I can say that. The, the least you guys can do is give me the leeway of, hey, he's a rookie and he's working to get better. You know what I mean? Like, God, dude. It's, no, no. Hedges needs another a thousand at-bats. Right? A lot of it's funny. And we um, someone had talked about it. I think it was me, uh, Maggie, uh, Cook, in a thread. And we were talking about how, um, you know, my mentions are just blown up and just dog shit. And it's like, a lot of them are funny. Like, seeing like, oh, Hedges would have blocked that. Oh, this is a perfect game if Hedges was behind the dish. And it's like, I see that, and a lot of times I laugh, but dude, I'd be lying if I said it was not, like, exhausting at times. Oh, I can only imagine. Jesus, man. But how great does it feel when Mejia turns around a 98 fastball? Fantastic. Middle away 98 fastball and hits it into right center that hasn't landed yet, and you know Austin Hedges wouldn't make contact on that pitch nine times out of ten Fantastic, if he told him where it was going. Fantastic, <laughs> dude. Uh, all of a sudden, like my my mentions blow up, and I'm watching the game on my phone, and I'm sitting there, and, and whenever I'm watching on my phone, I get the scoring notification yeah. before it actually happens, like three seconds before of the, the pitch. delay. Yeah, yeah, so I see Francisco Mejia two run homer. This is Tuesday. I'm playing my Twilight game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't go play defense. I said, "Hey, oh, rushed, Eric." I said, yeah, I said, "Hey, you guys go play defense. I'm going to watch the game." <laughs> so I was sitting there, I was watching the game, and and sure enough, Mejia's up there. It's an 0-2 count, and I'm like, "God!" I was like, "Please." And that's another thing, another critique about him. He chases the high fastball. He, he has never seen a fastball at his eyes that he didn't love. You know what I mean? So Well, you know, color me guilty as charged as well. Yeah, it's it's an 0-2 count, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, God, I was like, please, Mejia, please, don't K here. And then I see the notification, boop, and it says, Francisco Mejia, two-run home. I'm like, yes! And I'm like, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to wait to watch the game to make sure it actually happened. And I see 98 Ched, dude, and he just turns around right center. I lost my shit. It's and like then, my, dude, my notifications, miserable Potter fan was right! And I was like, <laughs> And Glorious. I was, yeah, dude. You've seen it. I mean, he, fantastic. he turned Luis Castillo's 98-mile-an-hour fastball down and in. It was an excellent pitch. Yeah. Imagine, imagine throwing a 98-heater down and in at the bottom, bottom, bottom corner of the strike zone to a lefty and getting it turned on for 400 feet into right. Like, it wasn't nothing. Yeah, you can't teach bat speed, dude. You cannot teach bat speed. The upside is so high. I keep pointing out, like, I don't know how well-regarded Wilson Contreras is. He is minus one, according to the StatCast, uh, the uh, strike runs earned or whatever it is. Like, a lot of teams will realize, hey, it's a catcher. Like, as long as he can block, he's got a cannon for a fucking arm. Oh, but, absolutely. You know, Dude, that play that would have ended the game. If though, Hosmer hadn't celebrated early. The 2-5-3 double play, which should have been. What a fucking bullet. It was amazing, dude. <laughs> like, you don't see that play very often. His and that's reflexes why, are... This is why I think he'll be a good catcher in the long... Like, blocking balls. He has excellent reflexes, yeah. like... 
AJ Ellis's flat-footed ass doesn't make that play. Good old cement shoes AJ Ellis. He's not, and he was widely regarded as a decent catcher for some dumb reason. Yeah. This fucking flaccid wrist. <laughs> like, I mean, he is not Ellis. Like, right. he's super athletic, and he's kind of wiry in his build. Like, it's there. He just needs the reps, and he's not going to get better catching. You know, the fucking AJ Kennedys of the world. So well, hopefully, he, I can. I do want to say this. I am okay. You mentioned 60-40. Like, I think Mejia should get the bulk of the starts. I am okay if Hedges is like a caddy for certain guys. Like, Lucchese. Like, yeah, like Lucchese and Lauer. Like, especially Lucchese because he's really all over the place. Like, I'm okay with Hedges being the personal catcher for one, two guys tops. If it gets more than that, then to me you're just hindering development. And it gives me flashbacks of Grandal like playing 120 games his last year here with 70 at catcher because... Bud Black let Rene Rivera be everybody's catcher. Well, if it's if it's one guy, then that's 80-20 right there, which is, yeah. I really want Yes, 80-20. please. I really want that, but I'll settle for 60-40. I will settle for 60-40. You have to do it. He can have two guys for all I care. I you mean, have to do it. You know, he can have, if you're going to have a five-man Dan Silly, I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Damn it, Eric. But... <laughs> You said goes the other way with authority earlier, and I almost dropped it. Oh, God. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I bet you did. I bet you did. But, um, yeah, I, I would be okay with Hedges, like, with two guys, right? Like, okay, let's give him Strom or Lauer and Luke Casey. It's like, I'm okay with that. But you got to run Mejia out there. Give him the rest of the season to figure it out and see what you got. Because this is the year to do it. Next year, the pressure's going to be on. Everybody's on the everybody's on the hot seat. I think Preller's got the only pass. The whole coaching staff, you're on the hot seat. they got to win next year. Well, to answer my question from earlier about who's going to start tomorrow... I think, and we can kind of tie this into the last thing we wanted to talk about before, your guys' phone calls in the Padres Twitter segment, a favorite of uh, Chris Lockhart. Um, the starting pitcher for tomorrow, Logan Allen. It's got to be Mejia. got to be Mejia. Has to be. Because he caught his Major League debut, and guess what, guys? Guess what? It was just fine. It but, was but, great. But, 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 Eric, but, Eric, we didn't have an experienced catcher to lead a young, inexperienced starter. How did that happen? Somehow, some way, we overcame. You mean a good starting pitcher is good and it doesn't matter who's catching? Yep, imagine that. So, But, 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 how did Clayton Kershaw do it when they got, when they got Chooch Ruiz instead of his, <laughs> his personal catcher, AJ Ellis? Yeah, I mean, hey, somehow, some way, they, they made it happen. So, we have Logan Allen is starting uh, Tuesday, and Matt Strom is starting Wednesday. Give I just Strom. Uh, no, dude, I see two starts. I for see Mejia? two starts for Mejia. I hope so, but I can see them giving uh, hedges, uh, giving Strom hedges. But we'll mean, see. I hope he gets two starts. Yeah, we'll see. We, we will see. But yeah, Logan Allen, dude, his, his debut. excuse me. His debut. There was the uh, there was the whole John Cena stuff, which this was is awesome, great. dude. It was so great. And like, if he doesn't come up and warm up to John Cena's music at every homestand from now on, that's a travesty. Well, yeah, that that was his warm up music yeah, for the first game. It's gotta be. Yeah, the time is now, dude. That that shit was stuck in my head like all day. Yeah, I was sitting there and I was like. <laughs> Yeah, Ugh. yeah. I was sitting at Ugh. work, and then like I would just randomly hear that in my head. I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> but it was so great, dude. Like everyone's heard the one dollar bet story. Everyone's heard that, and to see you know Cena actually show up and have that moment, and you know do everything that he did, it was, dude. It was a lot. What of fun size of that fucking Padre tarp they put on? Yeah, for good real. lord, does he have wrists? <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's, it's just bicep, yeah. biceps, biceps, and, and hands, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it was it was a lot of fun to watch, and you know that was the game where I I had my game, so I wasn't watching much. But from what I saw of Logan Allen, dude, it's promising, man. He's a that rich last man's inning, Eric Lauer. That last inning when he struck out the side and he came off the fire, oh, yeah. rock hard, rock hard. He's, That's the kind of shit I love to see, man. See, I see him like I look at Lucchese, and I think like Lucchese is a 
is a rich man's Eric Lauer, and Allen is a rich man's uh, Lucchese. Because, like, he's got the stuff. Like, it's not a matter of, like, well, he's got, a, like, Margavich's, right? Like, Mar- Margavich's wishes he was as good as Eric Lauer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's like, okay, I got to pinpoint. I got to make sure I hit my spots, and I can't, I got to stay away from the middle of the plate. It doesn't matter where it is, as long as it's not in the middle. Like, Allen just, he just has, he just has it. He's not a staff ace or anything like that, but he's clearly, he's the upside of what an Al, a Lucchese or a Lauer or a Margavich's type could become. He's, you know, low 90s, can touch mid-90s, but probably 90, 92. Yep. But can pinpoint, has good movement, can move the ball around. And, yeah, I love the fire. Give yeah. me the fire. Give me the emotion, baby. Show me show me it means something to you. Yeah, exactly, dude. It was, it, it's just promising, man, like, to see him. And I, I hope he sticks. Like I said before, like, I hope he's not the guy that kind of goes up and down and up and down. Like, yeah. I hope he gets a true, honest shot, and I hope he sticks. And um, you were mentioning Quantrill in the uh, in the bullpen. Yeah. Dude, I love it. Absolutely. I love it, I love I, it too. <laughs> it's so funny, dude, because it's just like my opinions on shit and the way I feel about shit. Like, I like to think that it's because I'm more, like, open to change in ideas when it comes to except you, for Except for if it's war and advanced metrics. More so than before, now than ever. Because I feel like if we just started this podcast five, maybe seven years ago, why don't they just leave it in a rotation? Yeah. Like, you would have not been open. I had brought up to you before, like, dude, we should use the bullpen to, like, break in the young arms. No, they gotta learn to start, and yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think over the years you've you've yeah. grown a little bit more open. And I hated it, but now I'm looking at it, I'm like, God, dude, like that's a really good way to break in your young arms. It makes a lot of sense because you can limit the innings, you can give them high leverage situations, you can save your fucking bullpen, which is taxed. Like to me, I'd rather have Cal Quantra out there more than anybody outside of maybe, maybe uh, not maybe, but Kirby Yates. He's the only guy in the bullpen right now that I'd rather throw out there than Quantra because I like Wigginter. He throws really hard. But God knows where the fuck it's going. Yeah. Like, I really like Gerardo Reyes for Mexican reasons, but <laughs> he's even worse. Like, Jesus Christ. Good good Lord, who knows? Stammen has been toast this year. He's just been overworked. He's overused. He's he's dead. He's toast Mayton. Mayton sucks. <laughs> good Lord. May, white bread Mayton, he sucks. Like, I'd rather have a starter who at least has, like, some command. Yeah. And then they've gotten good results out of that. Like, Brad Hand used to be a starter. Like, starters going to the bullpen, you know you can get multiple innings out of Quantrill. That's valuable to me. Yeah. It's like, you know he can go turn a lineup over one time and stay competitive through that one time. Great. Stick him in there. Fuck it. When Lamette comes up, if you want to start him, put Lauer in the bullpen. See how see if Lauer in the bullpen coming out, throwing, you know, instead of 91-92, 94-95, airing it out for two innings. See if that helps out. Yeah, they have a lot of options. They do, and it allows us to use all these options without having to trade them if you absolutely don't have to. And you can manage innings. Well, speaking of trades, you threw out the uh, yes. trademark. I think your bit is just bad polls. Yes. Because whenever I see No, this, no, absolutely. I've completely embraced it. I'm surprised I didn't get Whenever I see on. you post a poll, I, oh. I read it, and I'm like, Jesus. Like, first of all, there's like it's all kinds of like running around in circles. As yeah, yeah, this as, like, time I went to is. be more direct. I didn't feel like getting, you know, after, after men's race, slammed Marver for the uh, for his punctuation. I thought, yeah. you know what? I don't want to feel the wrath of Mens Rea today. Yeah. So I'm just going to be very direct. Would you trade Hunter Renfro straight up? Now let me. Uh, I don't know if you voted in the poll. Um, no. But um, I'm, I'm just I'm really surprised and I'm really proud that you didn't like phrase it as like uh, which pitcher would you not not want in the case of if a pitcher was if was, a trade was, was or traded was not, and then but might be but could not be on the market. <laughs> no, just straight. I mean. Just, I just wanted to get the idea because I think Renfro, the love for him kind of cooled off this past week. He kind of came back down to earth when uh, he left uh, Colorado land. So, Except for that five-star catch he made yesterday. Brilliant. His defense has been fucking amazing Hell this year. Hell yeah. yeah. Absolutely amazing. I, I said this last wow, year. Wow, progression. Imagine that. Let's trade him yeah. now. 
Well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm open to it depending on the return. Um, now, but, now I'm looking at your poll right now. Who how would many you votes trade? are there? I don't know. 324. Oh, there's been more. Would you trade results. Hunter Renfro straight up for, and then you put the names on there, Bauer, Kluber, Stroman, none of the above or other? Now, is this just assuming that the other, like, like forced trades are on in MLB The Show? No, 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 no. This is assuming, so it's like, I didn't, there was, I was going to throw Syndergaard in there, but then I'm like, you know, that's too many options, so I'll just put none or other, just to see maybe other people have like an out-of-the-box idea that maybe you can, uh, as my keys there go fall your off. keys. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but maybe somebody has an out-of-the-box idea that I'm not thinking of, or it's like Syndergaard or somebody like that. So that's why I put none of the above. Um, right now, the votes are still pretty much Bauer, none of the above slash other. So, so far, it looks like it's Bauer or Bust. Now, would you trade Renfro straight up for Bauer, Kluber, or Stroman? Any of those three? And if so, which one? Which I think I, I think I'd go off the board and I'd go Cindergard. Yeah, I would do him straight up for Cindergard. I mean, I I really dude, I kind of I want to ride the wave, man. I want to ride the wave. The more I'm looking at, him, I'm like, let's just kind of see it. But I can I can definitely see the point where people are like, hey, we should trade him now. It I de- can see it 100%. absolutely, and it depends on what you get, right? Like, because I felt like of dude, those three, it, dude, for every player, it depends on what you get. I'm listening yeah. for everyone. I'm listening for Tatis. I am. I'm not. probably not going to take any. Deal, yeah, I would too. But for, you have to know what Mike the mar- <laughs> you have to know what the market is. You want to give me Mike Trout? I'm literally listening. For everyone, so yeah, you yeah might as well. I'm fielding phone calls for Renfro. <laughs> I'm, I want to see what people have to offer, but if we're talking like a straight up situation, you know, to be honest, as much as I do want to ride the wave with Renfro, and and I think that he actually could be turning a corner, and he, this could be sustainable for him as far as value and war. Um, wait, wait, what was that? War. As far as that, like, I would probably trade him for any one of those. Yeah, anyone, and, and that's why I put him up there because I, I don't know think... about I, I don't know who Stroman is. Yeah, stupid phone. <laughs> but I would say number one for me, I'd probably have to go Cindergard, even though I think he's you know his uh, production is a little bit underwhelming. But I like Cindergard. I, I like, like your stuff. idea of Cindergard. I like because the stuff. I like the stuff, and more so than that, like I think the idea that we need a staff face, I think is a little bit overblown because I think we have one coming. It in doesn't hurt. Court. No, it does absolutely not. It doesn't hurt. But how many legit number ones really are there? I think we just need a guy that can anchor the rotation and we know what we're going to get and give you 150, 180 innings. And I think Thor is that guy. I think Syndergaard is that guy. Like, you don't need, you already have Paddock. I think he could be as good. I think healthy, he's as good as Paddock. You have Paddock already. And then you have Gore coming up. Like, I think Gore is the number one that we already have. He just has to make it here. So I like, I like your idea of Syndergaard. Just because he anchors the rotation. I'd probably take Syndergaard over these other guys. And honestly, <laughs> it sounds shitty, but like I don't know if I want Bauer and everything that comes with Bauer. Mainly because I think... The Pot- player, yes. The player, yes. But I feel like his his comments and just him personally, I can really see Padres Twitter being offended really quick by yeah. him. Well, and, no- and really being rubbed the wrong way. Number one, Padres Twitter seems to be extremely... Woke? Well, they're very progressive thinking, right? Like, very progressive thinking. Even those who I'm sure are red voters are still, like, for the... They're all... Everybody's progressive, right? Like, you don't hear a bunch of, like, I don't know, ignorant takes. Everybody seems to, regardless of your political values and views, everybody seems to be mostly on the same page. Yeah. um, Despite what party you may vote for. Trevor Bauer is not that guy. Yeah. He's progressive thinking from a standpoint of... He progressively thinks about how to get better and uses progressive methods that used to be viewed as like weird, which is why I got traded to the to Cleveland in the first place. Yep. But that's it. That's it. He has some really, really dumpster fire moments on Twitter. The one that's pretty uh, bad. Yeah. 
The one that uh, Padres' favorite Keith Law tweeted out uh, that I looked up were this poor girl that had said something, and then he basically had he had her in like eighty mentions compared to her mentions oh, of yeah. him being in four. Yeah, and then she got lamb blasted or lambasted by uh by his following in her DMs and got threats. Um, he deleted a tweet where he threatened a guy's job. I think one time, you know, there's been all this other stuff. Like, there's the I don't know how the Padres would take it. Like, I don't know how Corey Kluber took it, but he basically said Corey Kluber didn't deserve the Cy Young votes <laughs> over me last year. And yeah. like to me, like I appreciate the balls. Yeah. And I don't know how Kluber took it. And I mean, I look at it like I mean he's right technically, but at the same time, it's like you really shouldn't be throwing that out there because it could create dissension, right? Yeah. So and I've said this multiple times. I. We've talked to John Conniff about this. I told you this before we started. I feel like we'd love Bauer, the player, the intensity, the fire. Like, he fits that mold. But I think he would be an absolute dumpster fire on fucking Twitter. Yeah. Like, I think he would not take the Padres' Twitter the way Phil Hughes did. Yeah, dude. It takes time. a certain personality, and Bauer likes to, if he sees himself involved. Like, he wasn't even, Keith Law didn't even tag him. Nobody tagged him in that. He just randomly saw it. Yeah. And then completely just, I mean, he didn't go off on it, but it's like, then he makes a comment. I feel like he doesn't have the ability to take Padres Twitter like lightly. Well, you mentioned dumpster fires on Twitter. You mentioned red voters. And we are past the point where we are a long enough podcast for Leisure Fryer's Walk. So, <laughs> you mentioned those things. Food for less connoisseur Leisure Fryer. That made me think of him. So Leisure, we, we hope you had a great walk. I hope he didn't die from those 49 cent dozen eggs that were probably expiring the day after. Hey. I hope he's still alive and doesn't have salmonella. Yeah, if he can make it through the Oregon Trail, he can make it through anything. <laughs> um, we posted the Padres Twitter segment. We want to get into that now. This will be good. And there's there's uh, one, two of them that um, are in uh, written format that we're not going to actually play. Because it's been a few weeks since we've actually read the tweets on here that came in. And I was, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, I didn't mean to ne- uh, neglect these ones. I yeah. just I love playing the... the the clips are very good. And they're I very popular. Let's ones. be honest. We're, a, we're, a, we're men of the people. Yeah, exactly. And the clips are very popular. Carlos R. At C underscore Los R. What's it like for you when Hedges has a good game at the plate? Are you filled with rage? Does it eat you up inside? <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going a little bit long. So, I'm, I'm going to keep the answer short. We'll, we'll both keep the answer short for the uh, Padres Twitter segment we'll here. Do. So, short answer. Yes. Absolutely. It fills me with rage. Does it eat me up inside? Absolutely. It you drives no me nuts seeing him hit. It really does. It's... Because the more he hits, the longer that leash becomes. And the un- it's an unnecessary leash. And it's like, it started as a bit saying like, oh yeah, like he's a guy that like I actually openly root for to fail. But I absolutely root for him to fail, dude. I can't stand it. Like, I'll take the, overall the Padres as a team, I'll take the L <coughs> if it means that Hedges doesn't come through. <laughs> Like, what pisses me off even more... And that's so stupid. That's so stupid to say. It's like, you root for him to fail hoping he shoves it, and then he just does what you expect him to do, and it's even more fucking deflating. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, um, someone says they are SD and HD at SD and HD underscore 619. I'm pretty damn peeved there are no foot-long tube meets at Petco that I know of. What? That's that's fantastic. Uh, Padres Geekster, at Padres Geekster, she wants to know why I didn't cry... At Toy Story 4. Am I dead inside? Oh, did you watch it? I, didn't I went fan. last night. How'd you... Uh, I went last night, What'd you man. think on the ending? I loved it. Dude, I, I loved it. I thought it was great, but I didn't shed a tear. No. <laughs> I put on Twitter, I was like, hey, I want you guys all to know I went and watched Toy Story 4, and I did not shed a single tear. Neither did I, but how did you feel? <laughs> it was great, dude. It's I, a very I, emotional yeah, ending. I thought it was a great, I thought it was a great yeah. movie. I thought the third one's... Uh... 
the third one, Gotcha ending, was a little bit more uh, heartstring tugging. Okay, that was the one, and I mean... That's they're going down you, the you incinerator. Don't need, I was going to say, you don't even have to throw out spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. And we're not, Toy Story 3? Yeah, we're not going to talk that much about like... Toy Story. <laughs> that one, and people were like, oh, are you a monster? <laughs> are you a monster? Blah, blah, blah. That one didn't get you. The ending of 3 got me. When they're yeah. going down the incinerator, I was the, like, that's my whole childhood. It's, it's Buzz looking at Woody, and yeah. Woody's trying to scramble up, and Buzz giving him the look like, hey man, this is it. Yeah. Like, that's the mo- that's the greatest moment in that franchise's history. But, yeah. No, that- I didn't shed a tear. It was very good. Yeah. It was very funny. My daughter loved it, so let's move on. It was pretty good. Yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. And yeah. yeah, honestly, like, the end of 3 got me when they're going yeah. down the tear. I was like, oh no. Yeah, that's... Terminator that's where- music in the background? Tough yeah. scene. Tough yeah. scene. That, that's, that's where the tears came. Just, yeah. just a little, just a little bit. bit. But, and part of me, I was thinking about today when she posted that question, I was like... Maybe it should have ended in the incinerator. <laughs> I mean, like four was great. I gotta but... show you. I gotta show you a video where somebody actually trolls oh, their mom. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So, anyways, there's some great calls. Let's, let's, let's get, get to the to calls them. here. There's a, and when I say great, I haven't heard any of these. So hit I'm, me with your best shot. I mean dumpster fire. There's one that I I see that we missed um, a few weeks ago. Actually, actually a month ago. And uh, this first one is one that I, <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna play it. Okay. Hey guys, uh, Greg Garcia. I uh, just want to let you know that sometimes I fart when I come. Queef <laughs> 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 scene. Oh God, Queef dude. Scene. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank you for that. Greg and uh, that was Greg Garcia. <laughs> Thanks again, Greg. Thank you, Greg. We appreciate that. Pride of wow. East County. Wow. All right, let's get to the next one. Hey, Eric. This is David Alton Dodd. <laughs> I don't usually call podcasts, but why should anybody be mad at the Padres? They're not doing anything that wasn't expected. They did that already back in January. February. When they signed Machado, <clears throat> and they did it again when they called up Tatis Jr. You're watching probably the most entertaining Padres team that I've seen in a decade. So just knock it off with the mad at the Padres. (laughs) They're right where they should be. They got crappy pitching right now. And their pitching will get better. It'll come up through the system. Let it go. Give it a year or two. Fuck you, Eric. I'm just kidding, dude. (laughs) David Dodd. Wow. I don't know if you guys know or not, but he used to cover the Padres for the reader. Did he call off the WhatsApp line? Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> thank you for that, Dodd. Wow. He took my post very literal about who are we mad at. Yeah. But, dude, he's absolutely right. This is like by far the most entertaining, as far as since I've been following them as a fan, 98 was great, and I get, yeah. we've had so many loser parades for That's the 98. That was fucking 20 years ago, man. It was a long time ago. This is by far, since I've been a Padre fan, this is the most old. fun I've had watching them, and they're hovering around 500 the whole yeah. time. So I, I mean, can only imagine. It's only going up from here, but people are always going to find something to bitch about, of look, of course. Look at the players we have, real quick, like Fran Mill, Manny, yeah. uh, you know, fucking Tatis. I mean, we have so much flavor on this fucking team. Dude. Renfro <laughs> is hilariously charismatic, and the most fucking American way possible. When Tatis tagged up and scored on a fly ball to second base, dude, incredible. Like I've I've never seen a there hasn't been a Padre with that much talent. All like all ever. around talent since ever. Ever. Since ever. Ever. Tony was great, but he's He wasn't Tatis. No, absolutely Tony not. Tony was not a complete player. He's like a four tool player. Three yeah. tool player. Yeah. Maybe four. So 
Anyways, let's see what we have next. This one I, I have. I believe Dodd called it. Yeah, wow. that's great. Yeah, thanks for checking in. Make sure you guys uh, at him at David Alton Dodd and uh, let him know. Thanks for calling the Five Point Five Podcast. What's up, AJ Prowler speaking. Uh, you've probably been wondering what I've been doing instead of helping out the Major League Ball Club. Um, and, and I'll tell you, I've been doing some fun little pranks in the minor league relievers. So basically, all you got to do is you got to call them up to the big league roster. It doesn't matter what their ERA is, what team they're playing for, how fast they throw. It doesn't matter. Just call them up. You know, you, you get their friends excited, their family excited, and you get him excited because, well, they'll finally be able to play at the Major League level. Let's go. Anyways, uh, so the next day, you let them watch a free game of beautiful, beautiful Padres baseball. And th- this irks me, but I always have to tell Andy to not let them pitch, no matter what. Oh. Whether we're up by 30 or we're losing by 30, going. do not let them pitch. Because that just that just wouldn't be funny. And um, a-, a day later, no matter if we win or lose, uh, when they expect to, <laughs> to travel with, with the team, um, <laughs> here's, here's the funny part. That's when you send them right back down. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a prank, bro. It's just a prank. <laughs> oh, get back down there, you dumb idiot. <laughs> well, uh, it's pretty funny, ain't it? <laughs> Thank you, AJ Preller, for the wow. call. That's the most articulate he's ever sounded. He might be taking some uh, speech classes there. That's absurd. So... Hmm, I'm trying to think which situation that he could possibly be describing, and I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a guess here and, and stay with me here because I could be wrong. But Robert Stock was called up for one day. <laughs> he didn't pitch. He was sent right back down after that. So uh, maybe that was uh, AJ Preller. Uh, was it Makita called up and then DFA'd immediately 24 hours later? Uh, I I believe Stock was actually there though and actually in uniform. Oh, Makita wasn't in uniform. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. That was ghost call up. <laughs> <laughs> and he frames it. Hey as guys, a I'm back. Walks into the fucking locker room and his shit's packed. That is that's a fantastic call from <laughs> the Robert Stock Report. Great work. Hi Eric. Hey Danny Boy. It's me, James Clark. <laughs> On Twitter you can just put in any word with E V T in it and it should be one of my burner accounts. <laughs> so I would like to trade um, I have a yeah, I have a trade proposal for you guys. I would like to trade a Patrick Brewer for Kevin AC so I can give uh, East Village Times a new bowler of the franchise. <laughs> what do you think, guys? Thank you. Oh man. So he wants to trade Patrick Brewer. James this is James Clark, by the way. Thank you for the call, James Clark. He wants to trade Patrick Brewer for Kevin AC so he can give the East Village Times a new boner of the franchise. I'm not going to answer that. I'm not either. I'm going to stay far, <laughs> far away from that. We'll let Mazone answer that one. Yeah, we will let Mazone. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, guys. It's your buddy Mazone here. Um, <laughs> just want to get your guys' thoughts. Well, actually, I want to get one guy. I want one of you guys to go ahead and talk me off the list, preferably not Danny, uh, <laughs> when it comes to our minor league system and what we have coming up the pipeline. Is it as good as, you know, some of these great Padres prospects uh, prospect analysis are say they are, you know, like the uh, like the Kyle Blazers and the and the Keith Laws of the world, the Unisarses, the John Connors. Um, I know there's another website that talks about Padres prospects. Ah, whatever, they're probably not that important. Anyways, but can you, you guys just give me a you know just a brief you know like a like a like a pet talk on making sure you know 
you know, the prospects really going to be that good. What, what do we have to look forward to moving forward? Uh, I know since some of our guys are graduating from that prospect ranking. Um, <laughs> again, you know, it's your buddy Mazone. You know, you can listen to me live every day, Monday through Friday, <laughs> from uh, 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 97 through the fan, the Ben and Wood show. Uh, and then uh, hopefully we can hang out soon, guys. You know, maybe head down to the Seven Mile Casino. You know, the only casino in San Diego, seven miles from the ballpark. You know, go ahead and check them out for Blackjack, California Blackjack, Baccarat, you know, Texas Hold'em. You know, hopefully see you guys there. How long is this voicemail? Here's here's what I want to point out. That voicemail was longer than any podcast he had ever put out. That was Andy Mazzo. I thought he was still going. That was a minute and 23 seconds. So... I don't know. We'll have to confirm with his wife, but I think that's the longest he's ever lasted. I was just going to say, that's what she said. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we have. This one is on brand with... Uh, oh, we're not going to answer his question? No, fuck him. <laughs> this one is uh, on brand. I mean, I'll answer it tomorrow on air. Uh, 5 to 9, Ben and Woods. San Diego's uh, home of the Padres, 97.3 The Fan. Um, this next one is right on brand with something that we've been talking about today, and it's uh, an old friend of the old friend of the show. Eric, Danny, uh, this is Chad, the Chamner. Oh, no. It's been a minute, I know, since I've called you guys, and I haven't been that active on Twitter, but uh, I really felt the need to call in and ask you guys, when the fuck are you going to admit that I was right about Mejia all along? Wait a goddamn second! Shut up! has been bullshit the entire time I've been saying that Mejia is the future of the Padres, that his bat has an incredible feeling, that he's been improving on defense, that he's so much younger, and you've been you've just been whining, saying that, oh, uh, 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 it's bullshit. <laughs> Admit that I was right, and you were wrong. And also, uh, you need to do the fucking Tatis stretch. I know you guys are going to do it. Nope. Fuck you. No. Especially you, Eric. <laughs> Alright, I'm out of shit. Bye. He said, I'm out of shit. Yeah, you're you're way out of shit. Dude. You flip-flopping bastard. Now I <laughs> thought Eric was bad. Oh, man. Hey, welcome aboard. If, if this yeah. is you, Chad, at the Chamber, saying that you are coming on the Mejia bandwagon, welcome aboard, pal. We are happy to have you. We will take all the stands that we can possibly get. Let's see, God <laughs> Let's see who else we have. Hey, this is uh, Francisco Mejia. <laughs> I just want to let you know, Eric, that uh, I am all out of lube tonight, so you're going to have to take a roll tonight. Uh, I'm sure that won't be a problem for you, big boy. <laughs> Francisco Villa says he's out of lube, and uh, he's Sur- going to need me to step in tonight. Surprisingly this is, articulate. This is uh, this is fantastic. I, I love, always love getting you guys involved, so thanks again for showing out. There's two more that we're going to play here. This first one here. Let's go. Hey guys, what's the best Panda Express order? <clears throat> that was Cameron Maben checking in. Oh. <laughs> he wants to know what's the best Panda Express order. <laughs> so what's what's your favorite uh, thing to order from Panda Spoiler Express? Spoiler alert: I only eat at Lucky's. <laughs> Thank you. We're a big Lucky's house. Lucky's in Panda uh, Express, please. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, Lucky's in Santee is the way to go. But if I have to slum it at Panda Express, I'm going chow mein. I'm going half and half. Chow mein and fried rice, and I'm probably going double orange chicken. Because I love, I love Panda Express's orange chicken. So. As do I. Anyways, but yeah, it's Lucky's all day. I've, I've lived in PB the last five years, and I, I'll drive to Santee for Lucky's before I'll, <laughs> before it's an I'll event, go. man. 
Yeah, and now I live in uh, Claremont, right up the hill from PB. But yeah, I'm driving to Lucky's no matter what. I don't care how far of a drive it is. But uh, anyways, thanks for the call, Cam Maben. Uh, a great job out there in New York. Let's see the last call here. Hey, this is Sam Nair. I hope you can hear me. I'm just driving north on my commute home back to Poway. <laughs> can you break down the Tati's tag play from Sunday and Pete Alonzo had tried to do that? <laughs> He's driving east to Poway. Did I hear that right? Yeah, he's driving east to Poway. It was it was shoddy connection. You know how yeah, it gets out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I live in. I live. I work in Poway. Live in Escondido. You know the uh, the fan comes in and out when I'm listening to Uncle Teddy when I'm going up to 15. So yeah. uh, you know I gotta get I gotta go west out of Poway so I can go north into Escondido. Yeah. To get the better reception, so I can see going east into Poway. You know, getting some shoddy some shoddy connection there. Yeah, and that's I couldn't even hear the end of it. He oh. he asked to break down the Tatis play um, when he tagged on the uh, fly ball to from, to second base, but then it cut out. So yeah, yeah that East County connection is just yeah. terrible. Well, you know, terrible. you know the key to that play, Eric. You know, the key to any play is that tracking the ball with his eyes. Yeah, Tatis really had to track the ball with his eyes and to tag up successfully. You have to make sure that the fielder catches the ball. If you leave before <laughs> the ball hits the glove. They can double you up on the bag if they throw behind you. So the key there is not only making sure that the fielder catches the ball, but really running from the ground up. It's hard to run when you don't use your feet to propel yourself forward. And the most important part is avoiding the tag. It's very hard to score runs when it's not a force play if you can't aff- if you cannot avoid the tag, Eric. That's the kind of development that Manny Machado is helping bring these young men as they develop going forward. And you love to see it. Back to you in the booth, Don. Credit Fernando Tatis for sliding head first while maintaining a massive erection. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sweetie Says After Dark. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. We're out of here.